Here it comes. It's Nashville Untold with Andrew Buckwalter, the podcast that interviews the most interesting and influential people making an impact on Nashville's business, charitable, and entertainment scenes. Joining us now from his roving camper studio, here's Andrew. Today in Rambler, I host Sergeant Henry Particelli. Henry knew he wanted to be a police officer early in life, but as he pursued the desire, he soon found out he had to have uncorrected 2020 vision to be an officer in Canada. He decided to go the entrepreneurial route in sales and labor positions. Henry had been penning songs and playing guitar since his teen years. After winning the Northern Ontario Great Northern Opry competition in 1994, he boarded a Greyhound bus for, guess where? Nashville, Tennessee to pursue a career as a singer-songwriter. Throughout his musical pursuits, his passion for law enforcement was reignited when he took on a side hustle as a bounty hunter. By the late 2000s, Henry shifted music to the back burner and turned his efforts to securing a position in law enforcement. He qualified and graduated from the Metro Nashville Police Academy in 2010, just a few weeks shy of his 41st birthday. The oldest rookie in the class. He quickly rose from patrol to a flex unit and crime suppression unit before landing a spot on the gang unit that would permanently change his career projection. During his second week on the gang unit while trying to apprehend a fleeing suspect, Sergeant Particelli's leg was broken in several places and his ankle sustained severe injuries. Ten months and four surgeries later, he refused the injured on-duty pension and returned to work despite doctors advising him otherwise. After completing his assessment process, he was promoted to sergeant in January 2016 and landed his current position in the Community Affairs Office the following year, performing on the televised broadcast of a funeral for a fallen officer, John Anderson, in Nashville. Henry landed on the radar of the Sound Emporium's president, Juanita Copeland. The two started the Good Guys Foundation to assist the families of fallen law enforcement officers and those who have suffered career-ending injuries across the nation. Henry penned the emotive song, Your Name, during a time period when he was already scheduled to be in the studio finishing another project. As a result, Copeland quickly added the song to an upcoming session and has continued to work alongside Henry to share its important and powerful message with a world in need of empathy and unity. Sergeant Particello is making a great impact with all he's doing, and you will enjoy hearing some of his journey. He has some funny bounty stories as well, like when they used to remove the steps behind modular homes, and as you could guess, when they knocked on the front door and the, uh, the person inside tried to run out the back, well, you can imagine what happened. His song was penned in the summer of 2020, but still speaks volumes today. I hope you enjoy getting to know Henry Particelli as much as I did. Henry will also play your name at the end of this episode, live in the Rambler. Hello, Nashville. Today I am hanging out with Henry. Actually, let me get the name right. Um, Particelli. 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 Both are right, but okay. Particelli. And then, do people call you? Should I refer to you as Sergeant Particelli? Oh, you you... just call me Henry, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Hello, Nashville. Today I am hanging out with Sergeant Henry Particelli. And we are in Madison, and we have windows open because the HVAC in the uh, the Rambler is not kicking on, so the road noise might be a little loud. Anyways, thanks for joining me. I am honored to be here. 
I'm going to shut these a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. The road noise is a little much. So in uh, a minute or less, uh, what excites you to get out of bed each morning? Well, that's, uh, I think I, I love what I get to do for a living as far as uh, our, my daily gig. So that's, that's one of the, the highlights is knowing that I get to come to work. I work community affairs here. Okay. So that's been dealing with the public on a regular basis and kind of addressing their needs, whatever's going on. So that's, um, that's, that's a pretty good, good way to start the week. At least we yeah. all have a thing we have to do every day to pay the bills. Right. So it's, it's not the worst thing that I could be doing. That's yeah. for sure. Well, that's good. That's yeah. good. Um, all right. So let's, uh, let's, uh, start out, um, back in some of your days in Canada and actually sure. what part of Canada? So I grew up in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada, which is Northern Ontario, just up above the upper peninsula, Michigan. Okay. Right at the Great Lakes. All right. So. And then, uh, all right. So do you remember when you took your first baby steps and what was it like during your preteen years? <laughs> first baby steps. I don't remember those very well. You don't I mean, really? really? Man, weird. I so it's remember like, mine. So like, so be, I've turned 51 the other day. So that'd be like 50 years ago, probably right, I'm right, guessing, right. but yeah. Um, I love, I love starting out and asking that. Some people are like, you know, yeah, obviously nobody can remember their steps. <laughs> exactly. they took, but yeah. So what, what it looked like with your, uh, your family and all that back yeah, in the preteen I, I grew up, uh, you know, my parents have been married now 57 years wow. and, uh, you know, got a brother and sister, both older than me. So I was the, the young end of the family and, and, um, uh, very artistic family, but, uh, my sister's both musically and, and, you know, uh, visually with, uh, paintings and different things like that. My brother was incredible painter but also graphic artist and that so um but i i was i can't draw straight around with the rulers so i figured out music was my thing and mm -hmm. played in even going through grade school played you know sousaphone and tuba and baritone horn and okay all that stuff and eventually decided that nobody wants a tube at the beach party so i right learning how to play guitar right right that's it that's the 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 draw for many i'm sure yeah it's, it's a little cooler right yeah, yeah. bryce he did and, and actually, to, to add, my son Bryce is with me. Yeah, um, he's thirteen, so mm -hmm. he uh, he joined me for this uh, podcast interview because they have that flexibility with yeah. the school. He's doing Absolutely. the the hybrid learning. So oh, good. Two days, three three days off, and two days on. You nice. know, for now, anyways. That's so. a good schedule for now. It is. Yeah. Our uh, our we have three boys. Oh, um, great. Bryce Graham is ten, fifth grade. Hudson's kindergarten, and they of course they send Hudson back full time. Yeah. first and it's like no why can't you send these two kids like we don't <laughs> want to see them three days out of the week <laughs> i know he didn't really mean that so <laughs> oh no i meant it <laughs> i did not <laughs> anyway true so, story <laughs> um so were your parents did, did they were they in music uh and my dad played a little music and i think my mom was musically inclined but never really explored it and i know that just because we had like stuff like the little Casio, uh, you know, on keyboard and you, she just had an ear for it, but she never, you know, there's no telling how many things in life we're actually good at, but we never tried it. So we don't know. Uh -huh. And I feel like right. that was that probably her. Um, but for me, and she was, she danced, I know as a, as a young girl and that's so why, I, I mean, she obviously had rhythm and that. So maybe I got some rhythm from her and some of the music from my dad and, and then just a lot of drive. I just really wanted to play. So I figured it out and I didn't take lessons or anything. I pretty much self-taught. Okay. Okay. and had a cousin that played a little bit so he taught me a few chords here and there and and then just kind of listen to music and it was the old days where you recorded something off the radio uh -huh. and if you wanted to know it and then you listen back you know with the cassette recorder and right. figure out what uh 
how to play those chords. Yeah, we were trying to watch our. Uh, we just celebrated my wife and our 19 year anniversary. Oh, congrats! And we were trying to uh, watch the wedding video. Yeah. Uh, except we couldn't find it, and it's on VCR. And Graham, he was watching a couple tapes as I stuck them in, trying to figure out where it might be, and you know the fuzziness. He's like, "Oh my god, how did y'all watch that?" You know, <laughs> right? It's like, yep. so different. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't. That was pre DVR. Yeah. You know? Uh, which I don't even know people. I guess they still do DVR. Now it's just everything's on demand. It's all cloud, YouTube. yeah. All right, so as you began puberty, what kind of things were you getting into? How did your family or environment begin to shape you? So for me, I played uh, sports all my life. I was very athletic in that. So as I'm growing up in Canada, you played hockey. So I loved and played a lot of hockey and, okay. and then um, pretty much all sports throughout school and but going into just before going into high school, I injured my knee really badly, and it was it was more of a growing disease, Osgood Schlatter disease. But then I had to get like some of the bone taken, shaved down, and mm. I just never the same. I remember entering high school in crutches, so that wasn't much yeah. fun, and that was kind of the end of my athletic career for a while because it, that that thing kind of stays with you as you're growing. And, yeah, and so um, that's when music sort of started to take over a little bit. That's when I started to sort of shift gears i think if you will and and so was that like a depressing time as a yeah. kid yeah you know? it was like, tough because you know as a young kid you in a young canadian kid you had those dreams of playing pro hockey and i had a lot of friends that moved on to it i had a cousin that played in the nhl too and it just it was a, a big a big adjustment to to step away from all that but um but at the same time i mean again we talked about you know you never know what you're good at unless you try it mm -hmm. and it gave me an opportunity to really explore the music right and Yep. And now, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. We might not be talking if it wasn't yeah. for that. So. Well, it's funny. Even as we were driving here, Bryce was, I'd, I'd ask him, so what are you learning in youth group? And he said, you know, how sometimes God allows things to happen yeah. to change perspective and give you a chance yeah. where you might go, man, that's terrible. And I actually said that exact thing is that's terrible. But then, you know, something could come really good of it. So. Yeah. You learn really quickly in life that everything happens for a reason. So if something changes that uh -huh. you don't love it's it's all good you know yeah yeah is it on it, it looked like it i felt like i felt some it you feel air no it's not all right it feels the breeze feels it's good breeze, yeah. yeah um so that just made you switch gears and yeah kind of it's time to change gears and start working on music a little bit and um it was it was a uh, it was great i i loved it i mean i it, and it was just playing parties and having mm -hmm. fun and you know just enjoying it and so kind of rolling into it. your your high school years is that a, a lot of what that entailed is, is it was really yeah i was stuff? yeah i mean i was a, always a hard worker i started working when i was 14 years old and, right here with you and and, and worked like nights and every weekend and like i missed a lot of the high school parties and mm -hmm. the good stuff because i was always the guy that worked from friday right through sunday and then went back to school on monday and what'd you do working uh, slung pizzas that okay. was a pe okay. you know a little pizzeria back home and, and gotcha uh, and then in the summer um that was also very entrepreneurial so in the summer mm -hmm. i had a business called lawnscape and i would we, we me and a buddy of mine we we borrowed 1500 bucks i'd already bought my first car because i you know worked all my life right you know, the, the 14 15 so 16 when i got my license i had my first car and we bought a little trailer and uh and uh, some mowers and started mowing lawns and by the second year we had like 70 contracts and nice local wow. university and 13 kids on the payroll and we and you were how old you said about 16 and okay. 17 and and then by 18 we've graduated high school and we actually sold that business before we got wow. that. so i was very entrepreneurial yeah. I, I ran a lot of businesses over the course of my life even yeah. right up until joining the police department and that so 
for me, it was fun, you know, it was right. something a little different. And, and so between the music stuff and, and running the businesses, it was, it was great. I yeah. enjoyed it a lot. And then yeah. I go back to the pizza business in the winters, you know, if I, right. if we were in cutting lawns, obviously, and 10 right. foot of snow. So, yeah. 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 And it, it obviously kept you out of trouble too. Oh yeah, absolutely. No time for trouble. All right. So how did not having perfect vision impact your future after high school? Well, um, going through, uh, as I'm wearing contact lenses now, they, you know, we usually, uh, going through high school, they used to do these computer aptitude cards that you wasn't as sophisticated as it is today. You know, it takes three weeks to get the information back. And mm-hmm. anyway, uh, I, I kind of thought I'd want to do law enforcement and I was athletic and I, you know, I just felt like something that I could serve people and it'd be helpful and that kind of deal. So I went ahead and, uh, and, and filled out that kind of direction and, and got back some information that for the most part it was you needed 2020 uncorrected vision and i think back then they even had some height requirements all kinds of different crazy things okay so, um but was it as strict in the states as it was i'm not then? sure if it was because okay. i never explored right, that right. but uh, but but i'm presumably not i think uh and and, and i think that changed kind of quickly thereafter but for at that time that's I remember the thing that jumped out at me that was kind of a disqualifier mm-hmm. and so well that's all right, well, I still love doing business stuff and I'll just change gears and do something different. So, yeah. So did you have a, did you have any plans to go to college or why or why I not? didn't. Um, so I was in high school and I mentioned the entrepreneurial thing. Mm-hmm. So um, my last year of high school, I decided to take a real estate course. It was okay. a night course. And, okay. and back then in Canada, where you got your license, you, there was three segments. There was two night courses mm-hmm. and then there was a third segment, which was, um, you know, in two weeks intensive and full days, right. you know, and then, and you get your license from there. So I remember taking the first course in the fall of my last year of high school and I didn't, my birthday's nine eleven, So I was, I okay. had to cheat to get into the class a little bit cause I wasn't quite 18 yet. Right. Um, but anyway, I, I got into the class and did the night course and after the end of nine weeks or whatever it was, I, I, I remember coming home and my folks were like, well, did you enjoy it? I was like, yeah, it was great. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm starting segment two next. Whatever. They're like, oh, you're going to, I'm like, yeah, I really like this. So mm-hmm. I ended up um, doing uh, segment two and then got special permission to get out of class in high school for segment three and got my license in the spring. Of, well, actually it was like probably February or March of my graduating year of high school. Okay. I actually got hired by a realty firm before I graduated high school. So I, I, I would, get Tuesdays off to go to the staff meetings and mm-hmm. kind of get acclimated to the market. And wow. I sold my first house before graduation of nice. high school. So was, how long did you do that? I did that for a few years. Uh, I, I had a really good, uh, back in 88, it was, the market was real strong in okay. Samary where I was. Mm-hmm. Then I moved to a really progressive company in London, Ontario and Southern Ontario and, and sold out of there. And, um, and I really loved it, but I really wanted to own my own business. Okay. So I started changing gears and, 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 um, uh, looking at some opportunities and why not pursue your own real estate business? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think I wanted something that felt more functional for me as far as like just a, you know, open and close uh, inventory okay. or whatever the case may right. be versus, uh, you know, being subject, subjected with the different, you know, things that are going right. on with the market and all right. that. So, right. So yeah, felt I felt like you had more control. Yeah. An yeah. opportunity. I actually was visiting home and, and an opportunity came up with a local van line company that a friend okay. of ours that, Said, you know, I'm getting ready to retire in a few years, and if you want to do sales manager for a while, and if you like it, I'll sell it to you. And you know, we we looked at that. I and I went and took mm-hmm. the, I took the opportunity and and did that long enough to know I didn't want to do that for a right, long, right, but it, it right. Was a little 
too much in the way of equipment. Yeah, and, you know, that's cool. Interesting. Well, I, well, I've been doing real estate for eight, eight and a half years. That's great. Yep. It's a great business. I actually did it here in Tennessee. Too, did you? Yeah. Okay, you yeah. did. Yeah. Before, so you, as, well, Just you before I became you. police officer, um, okay. Okay. I, uh, I I worked out in Dixon with uh, Missy Chandler out there. And okay. she's wonderful. And she became a good friend over yeah. the years and, and great, great track record. So when uh, were you doing it then? Um, when? Yeah, what year? So I'd probably be around 08. I guess. Okay. Something like that. Mm. So, so market, right market got rough out. again, right? So for a while we were flying and then it got a little rough and, and then, um, there was a new development out in, uh, uh, uh sorry, Dixon. I was mm-hmm. living in Dixon at the time. There's a new development and H and D realty. We're looking for a, a in-house rep. So, so I repped that, rep, okay. that development for a while before, uh, coming out with the department. Yeah. So nice, but yeah, tough times in the business of course. Right. You know, so I've seen the highs in it and I've seen the lows mm-hmm. in it. So well, I jumped in in 2012. Oh, so really it's yeah, just you've been, just really experienced a lot. And even during all this, it's been still, stellar, still so. crazy. Yeah. That's great. What a great business. I still all love right. it. So shout out favorite restaurant and favorite nonprofit and why? Well, I'm a little biased. Um, so favorite restaurant, that's a tough one. Um, cause I, I I, I, I'm a steak eater, so I'm like, I like an Outback or something like that, mm-hmm, but that's mm-hmm. pretty franchise-like, so. Um, they do have good steaks. I owned my own restaurant for a while in okay. Dixon called Particelli's Fine Dining, and mm. it was actually on a, a country club and that, so I make Italian food at the Dixon Country Club. Did you know Matt Tidwell? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He was a past client of mine. Oh, no kidding. Yep. How funny. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, favorite nonprofit, well, um, <laughs> we created the Good Guys Foundation, um, about a year and a half ago, me and Juanita Copeland from the Sound Emporium Studios. Okay. And uh, that came about, I wrote the song back when I was in um, the Academy, actually. It leaked out that I had done music per- previously, so they, mm-hmm. they asked me if I read a song for the graduation video, and I did, and ended up using it for several different things, and, and eventually had to play it at a, at an officer's funeral, unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, last year, Officer John Anderson. And, and Juanita Copeland was watching the the live stream and, and heard the song and loved it and reached out to see what she can do to help. And mm-hmm. I always said, if I did something with the song, it would be to benefit, you know, families of fallen or severely mm-hmm. injured and that kind of thing. So, so anyway, uh, we recorded the song and then looking for a place for the proceeds to go and how we're going to do it all. And we, uh, ended up creating, you know, because there wasn't any good outlet, we created our own, which is the good guys foundation. And okay. we just got our official 501c3 paperwork a few months ago. And, okay, cool. So um, pretty new. Just did our first round of disbursements with nine families across the country. Um, so it was, it was nice. pretty cool. Yeah. So good, good guys so foundation, the good guys foundation. Yeah. We got the good guys foundation.org. Uh, okay. And it's been great. And, it's, and that's a true hundred percent, like every penny, including songwriting royalties, whatever for that song, I'll go to the family. So, okay. so we're yeah. pretty happy about that. Cool. Um, all right, so let's talk music. Uh, why'd you choose to pursue it? Yeah, I just, you know, I love music and I love storytelling, right? And so Nashville was a natural with country music. There's just so many great stories and, and um, uh, it's just an absolute love. It was, I think growing up, we talk about staying busy and doing things that kept me out of trouble, but I think music kept me out of trouble more than mm-hmm. anything because no matter how bad my day was going, I could pick up my guitar and, and play and just, it's all good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it, it felt good and um and you can whether you're playing someone else's song or whether you're trying to craft your own song about what's going on it it's just such a great uh great outlet so yeah that's uh that was a, a must and then you know for me i'm gonna do that being in nashville is where you need to be so and you moved here when in uh, 94 okay in october of 94 so it's almost been 26 yeah, years, yeah yeah so that was yeah in a short in a few you know 
we moved in uh 2000 okay so yeah been there quite a while 20 yeah years. absolutely i've like, um, seen, seen a lot of change actually lived uh off of in inglewood yeah. off of calvert street you know, right. right over there yeah um i remember we looked at some homes in in madison the whole area um and then and did you mainly pursue songwriting or a little bit of all of it really i learned the craft of songwriting and got writing uh more and more and playing you know i never i never did the human jukebox thing i never and no, no disrespect to anybody that does that i'm just saying like i never wanted to be down on broadway playing everyone mm -hmm. else's songs mm -hmm. i made a decision that i was going to play my own music and and so but then you know i came here and started becoming you know going to all of the the broken spokes and the, the third and lindsley or yeah douglas corner and uh -huh. eventually got to playing the bluebird and and doing the early shows there uh, over time and um just um, got to write up with some really good writers over time, but ultimately I was still young enough and trying to do the artist thing. So I kind of just hoarded all everything that I wrote uh, and never really pitched anything. Around. Right. Right. So, and then you obviously had always probably doing something work wise, confident what you were doing. So yeah, you didn't have to pursue, you know, just the music. Do you think, uh, you know, was there ever a time where you're like, all right, yeah, let's just hang up the music and let's just pursue the business side of it or, yeah, so I think for me, it the 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 day I decided to hang it up, more or less, um, was when I decided to become a police officer. Okay. Um, prior to that, I was still managing, running businesses. I had a used car lot out in Dixon, Tennessee, that I ran for ten years. Okay. And you know, I was still doing um, some different things. I actually bounty hunted for years all oh, across really? the country. That was how I oh, kind of wow, scratched fun. my itch for for law enforcement without uh, actually being a police officer with the regimented schedule. Now, is this when you were in that or in national? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is right up until, uh, really Oh eight. Probably. I think I probably got my last guy that, you know, the fugitive back then. So there you go. There's your Maybe AC. after 10 tries, the air, um, down. but yeah, so I, 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 uh, I, I got to do a lot of different things, uh, which was so cool and so fun in that. But um, how was the bounty hunting? Was there what was some fun stories with that? Oh, it's was it, was crazy. It... We we went all over the country. I mean, we ended up at uh, Connecticut. I say we. I, I worked with a partner okay. for a while. Eventually, I ended up on my own just because it was more lucrative. But um, it's not safe. I mean, you really want to be with someone else, and that's how I got into it. Is I had a buddy of mine that had been doing it for years, and he said, "Look, you know you." We need, I need someone young and strong and, you know, that can chase people and whatever. So, so I, he did the front door and I go to the back door. We said, if we're out of County somewhere, it's often you're at a trailer and you, my, the number one trick I learned at a lot of these double wides or whatever is the back steps are usually cinder blocks. So okay. you, uh -huh. you just remove the back steps, That's hilarious. you know, <laughs> then if they run out, there makes that catch a lot easier. So, um, ah, that's smart. So that was one of my little tricks that I did a lot of. And, um, we oh. went after some really bad people over the years that, that were just, um, he said, I remember one trip out to Connecticut. It was just crazy. And I, yeah, I was, ended up, we found out the next day, we, we stayed in his apartment 12 hours waiting for him, found out the next day that he was actually arrested for slitting his girlfriend's throat mm. the day before. And it was just craziness that was going on. So we, wow. we uh, but, but we still accomplished what we needed to on our yeah. end and, and located him and put in extradition paperwork and, you know, so all, all was well from that perspective. But yeah, it's just some crazy things. And the ones that would fight the most would be the ones that would say be, behind in child support or yeah you know something right. crazy like that it was uh-huh it's just unbelievable oh i had to, i heard that, that i was like man if my dad would have just paid child support 
I think my parents would have gotten along. You know, yeah. <laughs> it was always, yeah. He ain't paying no child support, right? Like, and, and then I'm, you know, sadly, uh, eventually, my dad filed for bankruptcy, and they had called my mom to basically try to settle up, and she basically. I don't know, she just didn't read the paper or what, but she didn't sign some stuff when she should have, and uh, she got no money. Lost. Uh, what a bummer. Yeah, I think we're out of the house by then, but yeah. 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 Uh, so you, so obviously, I mean, I'd say with some of your experiences in life and stuff, you probably had some good country songs coming oh, out of that, they, right? Oh, they never stopped, yeah. It was it just always had ideas, and I was, you know, back then it was a hook book, you know, you always carry okay, around. I was about to ask, yeah, yeah, a hook book and write down, and... I still have all the books, but I have so many of those books around everywhere that I've got a. I've, I've been really kind of digging them out every now and then just to see if I had any old nuggets of, you know, right. like that's a great idea, but I wasn't a great writer then, you know, that kind of thing. So, right. um, and now it's all on the phone. So I have in my notes or phone or iPads always full right. of right. different ideas on that. So that when I do sit down to write or, or to co-write or whatever that I'll be able to um, pull out. Cause now, and then obviously once you became a, a police officer, you didn't totally hang up the writing and stuff, so right? So I, I really, really stepped back dramatically from the from the writing, uh, from everything. Um, okay. I just, it was hard because I was kind of divorcing the music business. You know, uh -huh. I, was, I was just stepping back, you know, and, and it was a tough. You, you, I didn't come all this way to not do music. I will say this though, I had a lot of friends of mine even back home. They're like, well, if you're just going to be a police officer, why don't you come back here or do this? You know, mm -hmm. why Nashville? And I'm like, well, because. I don't think I'm done. I just, I've never pursued publishing. I've never talked to publishers. Mm -hmm. I've hoarded all my own music. That's kind of crazy because I felt like, you know, and I wrote up with some great number one hit writers over the years and stuff. And so I'm like, I, I'm not done, but I just, I felt like I was done now. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I ended up just not, um, uh, not doing much. So the department with the good guy song would call me at least once a year and say, Hey, we're opening a new precinct or the FBI are doing a, national conference here would you play the opening ceremony so i kept getting drawn into it with that song mm -hmm. and it's funny that that song that hmm. i didn't even necessarily want to write at the time like they and what was it, the name of the song we are the good guys okay which consequently becomes the good guys foundation okay so yeah i had no intentions of writing it and 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 then i got talked into writing it and then once i did that song's the one that kind of kept, kept me just a little bit in and every year we do a law enforcement talent showcase so when i wasn't um uh, I've done it pretty much every year of my career, with the exception of a couple where I was either busted up with a broken mm -hmm. leg or it was other surgery or whatever. Yeah. So, um, so that was also another thing. But beyond that, yeah, I, and it's kind of sad because I also kind of lost all my like I used to play the early show the Bluebird two three times a year, you know. Right. And I just call and say, all right, uh, give me a date and I'll I'll put the round together. And, mm -hmm. you okay. Know, so and I've kind of lost all of that yeah. connection over the years. I'm not thinking we can't get back, but it's right. just. Of course, in these times, it's so different anyway that. Yeah, now they're trying to save all those places. Yeah, know? yeah. Hopefully, they accomplish all that. No kidding. Um, so you were out of the out of it for how long? Um, or how long several have you been years. A oh, so I've been a police officer ten, ten years. Okay. Uh, I'm in my eleventh year right now, right? So I started January first of twenty ten, and uh, um, and I, I, you know, I hadn't looked back, and then, but I, other than like just playing a few little things here and there, I really. Hadn't. Now, over the years, I would write one here or there. Like mm -hmm. in 13, I wrote one. In 18, I wrote one. And then 19 happened. And with the with the good guys thing happened. And, and we started getting some traction. And um, started playing some other stuff that I have. And they're like, what are you? Why aren't you? That's right. crazy. Why aren't you? You know, and so getting more inspired. Um, mm -hmm. 
And so at Christmas, New Year's, that time, this, this past year, I was like, you know what? Yeah, 2020, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to okay. demo some stuff. I'm going to actually make a point this year to talk to some publishers. I've not done that yet, and it's time. So so that was my commitment to myself. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't really even tell my wife at the time. I just, just I knew that that's what I wanted to do in my heart. So, um, And then we got in the studio and cut three uh and uh, you know we did them with limited press on the card so that if i wanted to put them out myself i wasn't, okay, right. wasn't wanting to be the artist or anything but just in case it was a good backup plan i could sell them on right itunes or whatever but um then uh, uh your name which is my current song that i put out um it it sort of came to me you know this this year with everything going on and 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 it it kind of put everything else on hold. I still haven't talked to publishers or anything because I've been uh, busy working with that. Right. But it's been a, a, a real blessing that the song came to me and um, definitely inspired by a lot of crazy things yeah. going on in our world. We'll come back there. Um, Police Academy. How was that? Like you were, you were Police Academy. You had a cane while you were going through it compared to everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Is that right? And so, and was it like the movie Police Academy? You so know? yeah, funny story about the Police Academy. So. I mentioned I was always very athletic. So I made sure that I, I, I had friends that have been through it and they said, look, it's, it's paramilitary, like it's stress inoculation every day. Mm -hmm. All the guys shave their heads and you know, it's like you're doing push-ups forever, sit-ups, okay. running. Um, there's, 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 they're basically, I say stress inoculation. I mean, they want to make sure that you're not going to get rattled out there on the street. Right. Everything had a purpose. So, you know, inspections every day and you better look sharp and straight and your belt line better be straight with your shirt and all that. And I'm thinking, well, that sounds crazy. But the reality is that if, if everything is lined up right, then all of your tools on your belt are going to be in the right place mm -hmm. when the time comes if you have to reach for one of them, whether it's the radio, the gun, whatever it is. Right. So so it all made sense in that. But um, but I came in, in the shape, best shape of my life at 40 um, and actually it was 22 weeks, 23 weeks. Um, and when we graduated, I got the PT, like physical fitness award. For oh, wow. Adults, which okay. is pretty awesome because some of these 23-year-olds just got back from Iraq and were, you know, pretty. But they could do like two out of the three things or right. three out of the four things like super well. But I just made sure that I was going to run fast. I was going to be able to do push-ups, sit-ups, whatever I needed to mm -hmm. do. That that was not going to be part of the equation. The, the tough part for me was the, the academics. I mean, because okay. I had been out of school so long and... You know, you're leaving there in 20 some weeks with a, probably a first year law student education mm -hmm. uh, in addition to all the other stuff you're learning. So um, it's it was no joke. Like it was it was full on working so hard, to, you know, to every day, just try to learn uh, all you can absorb all you can and make sure you're squared away for the next day. So now was it like a was there like a hazing thing going on with youngers and olders or anything no okay. no okay. not at all um i think you know you know you get the rookie jokes when you get out and right that. of right. course people were hard pressed to call you know a 40 some year old guy rookie but the truth is i was right well that's Coming true because that's but, after you get out yeah, yeah yeah but as far as in there no it's it's ultimately uh you learn to team build you work as a team one person screws up everyone you know is accountable because that's that's part what of what was it your nickname on the streets um I, honestly, uh, part, some of the instructors would have a hard time with part of Chelly. They'd be like, okay. part of Chelly, part of Ricky, whatever your name right, is. Right, right, like, right, right. They don't, yeah, but you know, that was, yeah. Of course, some of the guys like to call me the old guy. Right, whatever, I was, right? Cause I was, or like I was the oldest. Um, only by a few days, one of my other but buddies. Then, but then you pulled out the, the, well, then the we, skin gun. Yeah, right? then, and, then we, you know, the PT game, and I'm like, okay, who's the old you know, no, it's Right. Like, <laughs> it was fun. I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I, those are relationships that you build that you'll never forget for right. the rest of your life. Yeah, and, I bet. and still get to work with some of those folks. On when a did Tidwell basis. go through? 
But I see, can't remember. So uh, like I've okay, I've been in real estate eight years, and then I probably helped him three years into it, maybe. Yeah. So probably yeah. in like fifteen, <laughs> and then he close. was yeah. in it like maybe two or three years, and he got out. And, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's in Dixon. He's I don't know what he's doing currently, but he was working yeah. with the builder locally and okay, stuff. yeah, good guy. Yeah, it's a yeah. Um, all right, so who were some of your biggest influences in life? Um, gosh, I mean, beyond family, obviously. I mean, you know, my, my folks and um, stuff like that. I mean, you know, folks like that. My grandparents growing up, listening to their words of wisdom and mm-hmm. and just, just, just learning. Um, I'm very, uh, become very handy over the years. Mm-hmm. And that was out of necessity. You know, if the truck broke, I needed to learn how to fix mm-hmm. it. If the the needs of wiring done in the house you better get a book and right read, you know right. so yep. so I, I attribute a lot of that to um my parents were really you know if they wanted a renovation done they did as much of it mm-hmm. as they could on their own and i helped out everywhere i could and, and my grandparents i remember crawling under the camp and helping put the jacks under there to level the place up and right putting styrofoam wow. in there because i was the only one that would fit underneath there oh for the gosh. insulation and i mean you, just, you aren't worried about spiders then yeah apparently not so much but yeah it was crazy i mean we you know so so those were huge influences and then and the folks you don't know obviously music we all have influences for the things we love musically and that and 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 for me um ironically i grew up listening to a lot of billy joel elton john stuff okay. like that and then and then the countryside of things would have started with guys like randy travis and you know that i felt like you know uh, has a lot to do with that whole turn of people listening to country versus not or whatever right so right. like in the uh late 80s early 90s that was a that was a big he was a big uh influence as far as that yeah. goes and yeah cool what are some of your concerns with the music industry or the law enforcement industry sure uh starting with music i think we all know that um you know it's just without being able to tour or do anything or it's been you know it's rough i mean i, I feel for the artists I am so blessed to have a, a regular income um, and, and, and to be doing what I'm doing uh, on one level, mm-hmm. right? But um, so I'm, I, I, music is going to continue to happen, in my opinion, right? Like the radio is not going to keep playing the same songs. There's got to be new songs coming out all the time. So, right. But no matter what you do in life, and I figured this out a long time ago, even when I was in the car business, I said I was in there for 10 years. I had to reinvent myself every couple of years to survive that business 10 years. Okay. So, I mean, I went from selling small junker cars to selling high-end cars to selling race cars to, you know, I used to race out of Clarksville Speedway and I figured out how to buy and sell those yeah. and make good money. So, um, but, uh, so the, the music industry, I think there's going to be a lot of reinvention of how we're putting music out. And right. um, obviously the internet's been a, a, a blessing but also a curse at times um as with social media right? yeah i put a record out in mid 2000s in canada and it was great but at the same time um i could still find that record online and i don't have any idea how they're selling it because i didn't i own the whole record i paid for it so Mm -hmm. i'm like gosh how is that you know so um you know so there's there's that and i think there's going to be a lot of reinvention and 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 um there'll be a lot of great music available out there though Mm -hmm. because you know the playing field's leveled as far as studio stuff goes you know you don't have to have three hundred thousand dollars to make a good record anymore, right? So, right. Yeah, that's true. That, so yeah, there's that. Self-public. You yeah. think that uh, over the next, I don't know, six months, because um, uh, I mean, most people are saying that stuff isn't going to get really back until twenty twenty one. You think it, a lot of people it weeds a lot of musicians out in general, or you think yeah, be like well, let's just like I know some that have jumped into real estate. Yeah. Um. And yeah, curious will they get back into music or you know? Yeah, I think um there will always be. 
a, a new life, you know, new new group of folks mm-hmm. that are willing to take place. So I just think it'll be the revolving door will continue. Those that were on the fence mm-hmm. might decide maybe it's time to think about something else. Um, obviously, that's something I kind of did. Um, it wasn't 100 percent done, but it kind of did back in uh, 2010. You know, around 29, I started thinking about it. And, uh, so I, I think that's yeah a very real possibility. But but I still think you're going to have lots of young blood mm-hmm. coming in to replace in that. And um, so that that'll that'll continue to evolve. I think it's just yeah. it's just hard on the industry folks. And I just feel I've got so many musicians, mm-hmm. friends that that did play Broadway a lot or did play you know different things or just even touring acts and that right. that. That can't, you know, we're right across the street here at the Madison Precinct from a lot of the buses and trailers oh, yeah. that, okay. that, that generally speaking, that parking lot would be loaded up with all these trailers um, with the, you know, and they're just not doing anything. And yeah. that doesn't just affect them. It affects our, you know, our friends that are engineers. Oh, and yeah. Our friends it's, that, a you whole know, it's the whole domino. I mean, yeah. just like even thinking about, you know, people not going down. To, like my wife and I, we went to go. We were going to do a lunch date for uh, our anniversary, and right. we went to the Gulch area, and nothing's open. Yeah, you know, it's like, well, crud. Um, and yeah, you just think of the domino of of, and and I still, I I think that, I think eventually businesses are going to be like, all right, you got to come back to the office because I would think there would be a lot of push from even the city saying, yeah. you got to bring people back, you know, because if you keep them out, like. I don't know. Yeah, eventually you know? it's gonna hurt everyone, right? I mean, there's gotta be a way to try to get everyone to Or at least a hybrid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean again. And I think I that think... would be kinda cool, you know. Yeah, I mean it'd be great for traffic to right, you know, exactly. figure out a balance. That's always been there, a nice right? thing. So yeah. yeah, that's 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 that nobody's mad at that. But yeah. but yeah, there's gotta be a balance. And then you mentioned the law enforcement. Yes. Uh, like yep. as in what um Um I, I don't how, know. How do you feel it's gonna affect I mean, because there's really been nothing going on in the news or anything about you know law enforcement yeah, or anything. Just, yeah, nothing whatsoever. <laughs> Not a thing, yeah. You know, um there are we are at a, a major advantage, I think, here in Nashville because I feel like we've been doing a lot of things right for a very long time. There are things that they're implementing around the country. And I'm speaking, by the way, as Henry Particelli, not, I'm not speaking on behalf of the department right. when I say this. Right. But I want to say that, that, that I know for a fact that there are stuff 10, 11 years ago in the academy that I was not taught to do that. Okay. They're implementing, implementing these policies around the country and I'm like, well, we don't do that. We've never done that, you know? So, so I think it puts us ahead of the curve. Our, our relations have been really good with the citizens, I think over the years, um, even my job, I'm in community affairs now and I have been for the last three years. And what does that, what um, does that entail? So I'm the liaison between the citizens and the people of the Madison precinct area. So okay. I work, there's eight precincts. So there's one community affairs sergeant okay. per precinct. And so, um, any cons- concerns that they have, um, whether it's speeding in their neighborhood, whether it's just, uh, hey, we've got this event going mm-hmm. on, would you come and attend so on behalf of the department? So you would so, go to more like community meetings when they were doing yes, that, I guess? Yes, I would I would host most of them. Okay, I'm, I'm, here. I'm a large majority of them right here. We have our own community. How many precincts that, so. are here? There's eight total in Nashville. Okay, in, in Nashville. Nashville. County. So you would be over. So I'm over this whole Madison area, which is 69 square miles. So, okay, okay. Um, so we all have a pretty big chunk of real estate that we cover. And yeah. I go and talk to like, the kids and everything middle school and mm-hmm. all kinds of different things and and just kind of chat whether it's career days or book drives or you know whatever it is we we just kind of it's a pretty well balanced public relations thing that we do and we do it because people have questions and our commander's pretty busy and so we try to you know be that person that if they have a concern and knowing which resources to allocate and all that so mm-hmm. 
while I think a lot of um, departments are leaning more and more towards community engagement, what they, I think is great. You know, right. um, if if people need to believe that they can trust the police, and in my opinion, there's a, no reason they can't. There's the very small one half of one percent, like there is in any other profession, mm-hmm. where that's a problem. And unfortunately, you know, it hurts our heart. Nobody's more outraged than we are when that, things go sideways. But unfortunately, we still see it happen once in a while. So for me, I, I just I get to experience that whole. Um, I, I wish sometimes the officers on the streets get to experience what I do. Right. Because I, I see the gratitude and, and all kind, the kindness and that. And yeah, I see all of it. And, right. and I've right. not always worked in this great position i've mm-hmm. been on the gang you know i've been undercover and drugs and prostitution all kinds of different things that i've done over the years on the department but this is much uh this is a great spot yeah especially for a guy that ran businesses all his life right because it's it's really like running part of a business relationship you know? building yeah and yeah which is so important yeah. and, and 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 if you believe in what you're doing and love it then mm-hmm. you're asked one of your first questions is gets you out of bed in the morning mm-hmm. well we all have to work we all have to do something i'm fortunate so fortunate to be doing what i'm doing with my role with the department right so. let's talk about the song your name what sure. inspired it and did you write it overnight or was it a process or what? sure so um i was on my way to work one day i usually come in about seven o'clock six thirty seven o'clock in the morning and i was on my way and i live out in the west part of town and you know 30 minute drive and that and I listen to a lot of radio, but I listen to everything. Like mm-hmm. I, I want a balanced opinion on everything. So I'm not a big fan of any one particular channel. Okay. I'll listen to anything from, you know, 99.7 right to NPR. You know, right, so right. Just to hear the two different sides right. talk about whatever it is they're talking about. Well, most, I mean, most people are agreeing on everything, right? And what you're oh, hearing? Yeah, it's just a <laughs> plethora of agreement going on there. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost the same broadcast, and, no matter which channel you're on. Right? Well, and everybody's yeah. super excited now about the, you know, the judge. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, sad the judge passed away, but now they're excited because yeah. somebody yeah. gets the pick Something somebody. new to, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm going in, and one of the Jasons was talking, and they were actually talking about Ahmaud Arbery's uh, passing. And and, um, hmm. and that, that seemed pretty uh, rough, obviously, with, uh, uh, we don't have all the details, mm-hmm. obviously, but just at a glance. It appeared to be maybe potentially race racially driven, mm-hmm. and and I can understand that that thought process for sure. And then it just so happened to be a couple of days after George Floyd's passing, so that was a topic of discussion too, or whatever. Right. So we're hearing these names coming up, and 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 the idea of the whole your name thing, where you're you know it's it's just sad that um, we're knowing these names only because of these events, you mm-hmm. know, and and. And so that's when the, I was kind of inspired by the idea to write it. And I went ahead and, and started, you know, I carry my phone, you know, we've got a hand free in Nashville. So I just mm-hmm. uh, did the voice memo thing or whatever and, uh, and started talking about um, the concept of what I wanted. I knew the first words I wanted was to be, uh, I, I, you know, like I cry for you today and I don't know you because mm-hmm. I mean, that's the reality. We, we feel the same outrage, aching, hurting, mm-hmm. and, you know, we're emotionally driven too. So, um, we're and, all people, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Um, a lot of media had chosen to say that I wrote it just about George Floyd and, and, and that's fine. And not to say that it wasn't about George Floyd, but it was about Ahmaud Arbery. It was about, um, you, you, you could name any number of unfortunate, potentially racially driven events or just in general, right? Mm-hmm. Like, people that have gone too soon that we know their name because, you know, so, um, so I, like I said, kind of recorded a little bit of a synopsis on my way into work, worked my eight and a half hours, went home 
and started writing. I wrote the first verse and chorus, and mm-hmm. then the uh, next day I did the same thing the, on Thursday evening. Then Friday morning I woke up and just tweaked it a bit. Well, I was going in the studio Friday uh, anyway to do some uh, background vocals on the three others that I had cut to get ready to talk to publishers on. And, mm-hmm. and um, I mentioned Juanita. We became really good friends. Obviously, we're all, we work on the foundation together. And mentioned to her about the song and Mike Stankiewicz was over there at the Sound Emporium at the time. And and uh, and I was like, well, I, I think I got the song done. And she's like, well, I want to hear it. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I'm still learning it. Like, I literally just wrote it. I've got a lyric sheet in the car. I might mm-hmm. be able to model my way. And in fact, there was a guitar on the wall. I said, give me that guitar and about 15 minutes in one of the little rooms and I'll see if I can pull it together enough to play you what I think I have, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I did, and she was just in tears and Mike mm-hmm. really liked it. And it was just, uh, it moved them a lot. And, and so while Mike and I were working on other stuff, she's like, you, you gotta get that recorded. Like you gotta get that out. That is so awesome. So, which I greatly appreciated the kind words. And I, I felt like I had something special, but right. I hear it was very validating hearing it from some industry mm-hmm. professionals and, and, and so I went ahead and, um, while I'm doing the other stuff, she's, adding me on to a session on the Monday. So, you know, we basically started the song on Wednesday and the following Monday it was already recorded. And I think by the following week we were shooting a video for it. Okay. And uh, um, we had some great guys that came forward from Pick, Pick Two Productions that uh, um, worked on the TV show Nashville and, and, and just wonderful guys. And they were released like, they heard the song and were like, you know what, like the budget was way up here, but when they heard the song and knew that I was self-funding, right. they were willing to call in favors on equipment and do it at a much more nominal rate so that I could afford to do it. And uh, and that was cool because yeah. um, it was a collaborative effort. And mm-hmm. The studio donated their studio itself. And of course I just paid players and, and mixing and all that stuff, but yeah, uh, but very cool, great project. Um, so um, I just kind of like the conduit, I feel like for, with the song, I fortunate enough to write it but I you know you sometimes you write them and you go I don't really sure where that even came from right and, right but I'm pretty happy with the end product yeah. and, and the cool. feedback has been awesome awesome yeah it really is good. great um well and it's neat you know I think that's that just that and how it all came together is an example of many of different industries out here in Nashville of just people there to help each other out you know obviously yeah. this is even a a different time with pertaining to what your song's about, but then also COVID and, you know, yeah. everybody just wants to help each other out. You yeah. Know, which... And I think that's a great place to be. And, and I think that it was, I, I vehemently disagreed. I, I just wanted like, I was like, great. So we have a good song. Let's try to see if we can get someone to cut it. Right. You know, I didn't want to be the guy. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, Juanita consistently persisted that I should be the guy or whatever, but she actually i'm not sure if you were aware or not she she called in some favors okay and, uh-huh. and so 30 years in the industry and she's never asked uh, any artist to listen to anything mm. um but she's been patricia um, um sorry not patricia trisha yearwood's uh, a pa for years okay. and that and and um and there's known garth brooks over the years mm-hmm. and that so she actually got with them and said i have a song that you have to hear and and they agreed and she met with garth um, on a Saturday morning at his studio. And he's like, I, you know, walked in and said, I hear you got a song I need to hear. And so she goes, yeah, she goes, uh, he goes, well, it must be special. Cause I know you never bother me about He's like, yeah, you know, I just think it's pretty cool and you want to hear it. So, yeah. so he, she played it for him. And <clears throat> again, this is third party, but she right, will right. tell you the story and it's pretty well documented. I mean, she, she just, the reaction was uh, really genuine and, and loved the song and was, uh, 
you know, eventually said, you know, well, tell me, do you know, do you, you know, he and, and Trisha just recorded their healing song the night before. Okay. Um, but said, you know, tell me about the writer. Do you know the writer? And she mm-hmm. said, actually, it's, yeah, it's uh, Sergeant Henry Particelli is with the Metro National Police Department. He's like, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? Like, so he was uh, insistent that he said at some point in time and he basically said, you tell him that I said, he needs to be the guy to put the song mm. out. Not any other artist. It'll mean more. It'll do more healing coming from right, him than anyone right, else. Right, so, right. Um, so it's hard to argue with that yeah, kind of. Right. <laughs> you know, we someone talk, who was fairly successful. <laughs> yeah, you know, we talked about influences. Obviously, Garth was a huge one right. in, in ninety. You know, I came here in ninety four, and that's when he was really, yeah, you know, just flying and, and right. a huge influence also so what an honor to know number one he was listening to my song that morning and and then um the feedback was right. great and 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 so we talked more and more about it and that's when we ended up going okay well i'll put it out right now that said I, it'll still be part of a publishing package to try to talk to publishers because right. the song I, I thought it was kind of a cool story as an artist to record it because and and that's why if you watch the video you'll know like the it's it's we don't reveal who what i do for a living mm-hmm. until fairly late in the video because right. the concept right. was let's have him fall in love with the song for mm-hmm. what the song is right. right and then oh by the way that's kind of the aha moment so and so my thing with an artist too any artist can cut this song with credibility and and, and get it heard by a wider, much broader audience than i right. ever will right um and then their aha moment could be on, oh, by the way, if you didn't realize this, it was written by, a, you know, so that I right. think there's still a cool factor there if it ends up going that way one day, but mm-hmm. we'll just have to see where yeah. that's supposed to go. That's know. cool. But it's been fun. It's, it's, uh, the response, um, has been incredible from people that I, around the world, literally around the world that I've heard from in social media, instant messages, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And some of them have flat out said, like, look, I had no use for police officers. I've been very angry. I've been this, I've been that. Right, right. But this song, wow. Like, uh, this is cool. a starting point for some healing. And thank you. And it's just, I mean, people have sent video messages of them crying yeah. after they watched it and thanking me. And I, that's just so validating as a writer, but just as a human being, too. Yeah. Just to, to know that they're uh, open to yeah. to understand that. You know, like the song said, we're you know we're not all the same, and they're you know, just my hope, biggest hope and prayer all the time is that people don't judge us based on what the few ones yep. do that that just aren't cool, right? You know, right? Yeah, and I mean it's just neat too because you decided this was going to be a year that you were going to focus on music again, right? Yes. And, then, uh, and how crazy that yeah. that that. Should I mean, happen. sometimes like as we said earlier, there is someone that kind of orchestrates a lot of that stuff too. Agreed. Right? Yeah, I think so. that's a big thing. I mean, and we don't. Uh, that's the one thing I'll say too. With all of this, is it's been so organic. Mm-hmm. Um, everything that's happened from the inception of the good guys thing on has been completely. There's been nothing forced. Um, we haven't been trying to beat down too many doors or anything like right, that. And, right. Um, everyone that's been involved in the project, I feel like, has been there because they really want mm-hmm. to be. And so that's very cool. And, right. Um, makes right. all the difference in the world. Yeah. Everyone's heart's in the right place. That's awesome. All right. So how how in general has uh, COVID had an impact on your life? Uh, it's been pretty crazy. We're obviously in a high risk uh, category. My wife is a nurse, and I'm a police officer, okay. so yeah. we, we have to be very careful and and and. Um, um, you know, uh, believe it or not, even though there's, uh, even with the, it's just, just, uh, the, the border, I mean, 
my, my parents are in Canada. Her mm -hmm. parents are in all of our families are in Canada and we can't really go over there right now. Now there is an exception, I think for immediate family, but you got to shelter in place right. for 14 days and then come back and shelter in place. for. I can't yeah, take can't a month that, off. Right. You know, yeah. that's out of the question. I was lucky to get eight days off or nine days off last, you know, last few weeks. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's been a big impact. Um, just the lack of being able to be with the family. And actually being out with the community, like, have you seen it? A, a yeah, huge big, impact? huge impact on that. We just had to once again reinvent, and I'm no stranger to that. So I mm -hmm. immediately started pushing out videos to our social media platform for, for the citizens that follow us. Mm -hmm. And that way they can get some safety tips, just like they would if they were sitting in the meetings. And I kind of keep them apprised of what's going on in their neighborhoods. A mm -hmm. lot, lot more communication. I'm doing a lot more from the office that I typically would be doing out in the public. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, we're still, we started some meetings, but some of them were like outdoor. We still right. had some favorable weather. So we'll do uh, yeah. outdoor and we'll properly socially distance and make sure everyone's got a mask on and do all that stuff. And that's been working out great. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been very different and, and difficult and I just hate it for a lot of folks. Yeah. Um, um, we're fortunate to still be at work, right. you know, and, um, you know, it's a double-edged sword, right? You, you also didn't get any time off. Um, so that, if anything, we've had to work more. My wife at one point was working oh, yeah. six days a week. Um, and then I was working anywhere from five to seven days a week, depending on what we had going on. So, mm -hmm. And we just had so much going on with, uh, you know, right. we, we started here in Nashville with the tornado. Okay. Yeah. And so we were yeah. working seven days a week, 12-hour shifts for that. And then transition straight into COVID. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you know, we got some other things going on in the, around the nation that affect us locally, yeah. too. So yeah. um, so it's been a crazy year. It has year. been a crazy like, year. I think we're all ready to, yeah. to move on. Hopefully, yeah, 2021. 20, and then we got about, nah, heck, I don't know. I mean, honestly, who, who knows when the yeah, I mean, craziness is going to subside. But I, I am thankful, especially when you do listen to other stuff that's going on outside of Nashville. You yeah. know, like we are... Uh, I, I guess thankfully pretty sane yeah. you know like yeah. it's not that crazy and I'm sure there are many variables like you had mentioned earlier of why you know we are doing pretty well as a city yeah you know? yeah we're you know? fortunate we're we're in a very progressive city to begin with right and, and I think so I'm very prosperous everybody everybody wants to keep that growth and all that going you know? yeah so yeah. what advice can you give to help people move forward when there is so many current um, yeah all right what advice can you give to help people move forward when there is so much currently going on in the world? You know, I just think no matter what it is, just keeping an open mind and making sure whatever, you know, when I say whatever it is, I'm, let's just say the police stuff. Let's talk about the, all the craziness going on with the, um, the protests and different mm -hmm. things that are happening is, it's just making sure you're getting all of your information, all of the facts and, I invite everyone like to please call. We had, you know, even some of our city council folks who I work with on a regular basis. And I sent out an email not long ago and said, look, I want y'all to know that, you know, I, I appreciate y'all and I, I want you to feel free to call me and use me as a resource. If you have any questions at all about a police matter or um, again, we're seeing where places are trying to implement things that we've already done. Mm -hmm. Well, that's even happening locally. Some suggestions are being made sometimes over stuff that we already do. And I mm -hmm. understand the, in some cases, the politics behind that may be to right. appease the constituents. And I get that, but I just want to make sure that they're getting all the information and, and, and 
you know, wrong is wrong. So if you, mm-hmm. if something went completely sideways, I'm going to be the first guy. I will not defend anybody that's done something that I don't know a single officer, for example, in Minneapolis with George Floyd. I don't know a single officer that's looked at that and went, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. That's everything, there's, everything is completely wrong with mm-hmm. that regardless of what the actual natural cause of death right, is or whatever. Right, right. We, we know that those the way that deal went down was 100% wrong. So, right, um, right. So just knowing, though, or being that open-minded. And and then just um, obviously with the COVID stuff, I mean, we're all suffering from that. And yeah. I think the sooner we can all be on the same page, and I think we've all done a pretty good job of that here mm-hmm. lately. Um, I think it wasn't. I think much like myself, I think it was more disbelief. Like, I don't want to wear a mask. I don't believe I need to wear it because, you know, and that's, it's like you start to realize that there is some science behind right, what, the, right. what the professionals are saying. Maybe we need to heed to that just a little mm-hmm. more. And what could it hurt? Even if they're wrong, if it helps right, a little bit, right, let's, right. then it and helps that's a little kinda bit. How, my, my whole take early on, because living in Mount Juliet, you know, they didn't, it wasn't like a mandatory thing, but I was like, you know what? If it got everybody back out and working and stuff, yeah, made, I would do it. You yeah, know? and so you know, I even I went to Walmart today and I had one. I was like, oh my gosh, I can imagine wearing this all the time. You yeah, know? but yeah, you go in and get your stuff and come back out. It, yeah, I mean, it's there is there's definitely some stubbornness and yeah and many you know yeah and, and me at times as well. Sure, know? yeah. I mean, it's it's inconvenient, but uh, yeah. I mean, you know, we all. So from the great words of Paul and Timothy Forso, and I've fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. When your journey's over, what legacy are you hoping to leave? Uh, just hopefully the, that people appreciate that I always try to help folks. I mean, that's just been in my DNA. I, I don't, I don't, I don't do it for any other reason than it just feels right. And mm-hmm. so when I didn't have money, um, not like I have a bunch of money, but I would say, well, like when, even the times in my life where say I was running my car a lot and I was really struggling in between sales and the next sale was going to determine what I was going to eat that next week or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. I would, um, I'd still at least be able to give my time to help people. I had some old neighbors that I just loved dearly and still very good, close friends with them and that. And they'd be talking about their car or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'd just go get their car and fix whatever needed to be fixed. And, right. And right. we didn't do that because, you know, it's just, that's, that's just kind of, you know, and, and even with the music, the good guys foundation thing mm-hmm. I'm, I'm proud of that and I, I hope that continues to be something that that uh, will help serve families but i'm also um i'm not just interested in helping my brothers and sisters in blue i want to help everyone right so mm-hmm. i think i feel like like we've been trying to partner I, I can't believe how difficult this has been but we've been trying to partner with the youth organization with the your name project to give a large portion of proceeds to a youth organization because in my opinion um, we have so many issues with juvenile crime right. and it's a lot of it's like single parenting or, mm-hmm. and they're just really too busy trying to make ends meet and they don't have the time to focus. So we've been talking with a few of them and we've, uh, we've really struggled. And I don't know if it's, uh, people wanting to distance themselves right. with what's going on right now or what, but it's surprising because we get a lot of immediate interest and they love the idea. And then all of a sudden, hmm at the last they talk second to a few other people yeah I mean, something happens yeah. and so we're we're fighting we're we'll find i mean we're trying to give away right. money and it's it's not like it's a lot of money at this time yeah. anyway yeah. but yeah. if we can put ourselves in a position and then i'll start talking more about the fact that it's available on all the you know right. I, I i've i've done tons of media outlet things and i've really not talked about availability other than encouraging people to go to youtube and watch it because right. i want them to feel the impact of the video so um but yeah so i think just um knowing that i'm trying to help funny because i I was i was just thinking as you were talking that 
you know, you, you've been in some industries to where you were the car sales guy. So you had to have thick skin. Oh right? my gosh. Yeah. You were in real estate. Yeah. So, you know, even the name, you know, there's some, I, I'm currently working a deal with a realtor on the other side and I can't imagine people walking away from working with her and thinking, woohoo, she was awesome. Cause yeah. like, I hope I never do another deal. With right. Her. I've been across. Uh, and now, you know, yeah. you're, you're in, uh, no, that stigma uh, has uh, followed uh, me in everything. Right. I feel like I've <laughs> I know, done right? all my you're life. Like, <laughs> yeah, it didn't matter what it was. And so I think that's a lot of for to me it's a lot of fun to to surprise people with the yeah. fact that 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 you don't have to be pigeonholed. Yes. You know. 100%. And and I was talking to someone recently about, you know, the law enforcement community and and they're like, "Well, that's really unusual, but maybe it's not that you know you sing and songwrite and you I'm like, I'm a singer songwriter that became a police officer, mm-hmm. not the other way around for one. Um, and yeah, there are so many talented people just in Nashville alone on our department, not just musically, but artistically or right. whether it's dance right. or whether it's their, their incredible mechanics or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Right. So um, we're no different than anyone else. So right. I think but that's that surprise element is always pretty cool. All right. So now I have a, a the National Real Estate Minute or a few. So a quick segment and yeah. you having some real estate experience, um, you could give some good advice. So so how long have you lived in Nashville? Uh, so it'd be 26 years. Um, you chose Nashville because of music, obviously. Yep. Um, what community did you land in and why that location? So originally I surfed a couch uh, in Sylvan Park for a little while. And then I ended up uh, by way of a marriage out in Dixon and Hickman County area for okay. several years. I lived out there 16 years um, and um, moved on. And when I got with Metro Nashville, I ended up uh, moving to Nashville just because it made more sense to be in Davidson County. Right. Um, we did a lot of court and a lot of back and forth. And, mm-hmm. and I'm fortunate enough now to have a car and, in, you know, in county car, cause you know, at any time we get called out or whatever. So if you live in County, there's that option sometimes to have a take home. Right. So, so all that said, yeah. So it's always been on the West side as okay. far as living. Um, yeah. and I, I've always loved that area. Yeah. yeah. Just, uh, just closed on a house over there. There's nine offers on it. it wow. Pretty hot. Um, Tell me a great memory you often share about Nashville. Um, gosh, I, I think uh, one I don't often share would be, but also a very cool memory musically would be mm-hmm. uh, years ago I was working, uh, playing a few little things here and there, and I bumped into a guy named Gary Paxton who wrote Monster Mash. And, oh, okay. Yeah. Ah, uh, ah. Gary was uh, producing a Porter Wagner record, and um, he invited me through, by way of another friend to... Um, to some little recording session they're doing at RCA for Porter Wagner's 50th anniversary thing for uh, in the sh- song called In the Shade of the Family Tree. And I was like, yeah, she goes, well, we're doing this like choir thing. So it'd be cool if you come down and throw a few extra voices in and it just, it might be fun for you. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, great. And I'm fairly new to Nashville. And I get there and I like, everyone's there. Dolly Parton, Randy oh, Travis, wow. like little Jimmy Dickens, Grandpa Jones. It was, it was all of the Opry people that were in town were there. And yeah. I was just... What an incredible moment that I had. And of course, I'm not, I come here to be a professional musician. So I'm not like walking around starstruck, but inside I'm the little kid me jumping up and down screaming. But what a cool experience that was. And I didn't even know how cool that was until I reflect back on that and see some photos that showed up in Country Weekly or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, there's there's me and George Jones and Waylon Jennings, Billy Ray Cyrus. We were all in that same little cluster in the picture. And some big, some big names. Yeah. So that's, that's a pretty cool memory. So uh, what do you look for in a good real estate agent? Uh, someone that can is knowledgeable about the market, you know, because that's huge. Um, mm-hmm. You want to make sure that you've got someone that's going to um, uh, understand what your needs are and then, mm-hmm. and then make that uh, reflective in the search and 
Right. So you're not going around looking at a million different yeah, places. Yeah, right, right. Of course, you, you know this now, public education. I mean, you can do these virtual tours. Yes. Pretty much place. lower that list of, you know, you don't have to drag people around to 100 houses yeah. anymore. Yeah, I just, I just picked up a, a new buyer, and it was um, – actually, I showed a house for a friend, and then I ended up writing an offer for unrepresented. And then I showed a house for another agent while I was there. Right. So I ended up – the agent's like, hey, can you help her show another one? Well, it was in Murfreesboro. Well, anyways, long story short, um, she she was willing to pay me a referral fee to show her a few homes. I said, yeah. okay, that's fine. But then after I showed her a house, and this agent's been in it forever, um, and – the communication wasn't great and she was missing out on some stuff. So yeah. I'm like, I called her up. I'm like, I don't mind helping her. I was like, what I called the agent. I said, how about this? I was like, you know, I feel you trust me. I know, you know, this is your good, your good friend is her grandmother, you yeah. know? So there was, yeah, a, there's a connection said, there. Yeah. Let me do this yeah. because my concern was that I worked this hard showing her homes and stuff. I'm driving Murfreesboro and then because i'm not writing the offer that i have confidence that i could i can uh win a multiple offer she writes it we don't get it we have to keep doing this you know so i was like i kind of wanted to control that and she was actually like she i said what if we did like a you know 50 percent referral you know and she's like oh that would be great you know it's like yeah 50 percent of uh yeah you know something is yeah yeah. right exactly you know and and she's yeah ready to buy on like the next you know two weeks or something yeah but yeah, it was the multiple offer type scenario that uh, I felt good with. Yeah. Oh, All right. So, uh, yeah. what advice would you give to someone looking to move to Nashville? Um, and again, knowing your market is a good thing because you know you could end up um, right around the corner from a bad neighborhood. I think we have, mm-hmm. you know, there, the, every every area, and I know the area really well when it comes to crime in that. And it doesn't matter whether You've you live seen a big change. Yeah. And all that. Right. Well. And it doesn't matter whether you live out west, or mm-hmm. north, east, yep. south, Patterson area, whatever. There are great mm-hmm. pockets of real estate mm-hmm. and then there's going to be some areas that are a little more troubling so yep. um people call me all the time and ask me um oh, hey they? i'm thinking about buying in this ah, area what can you tell yeah. me yeah so here's the best advice i can give them i'm not going to sway anybody's real estate deal or market i i, I always send them to crimemapping.com right so okay. go to crimemapping.com yep pull up the information you could search the parameter put in the address get a really good sweep of what's going on in the area. And then if you have any questions about those specific, they give you right. complaint numbers on them. And then we can research those complaint okay. numbers and kind of give you an idea of what it is that's yeah. actually going on. Yeah. Crime so, mapping. yeah. And that's, that, yeah, that's a huge one. Give that. Yeah, but exactly. the reality is in Nashville, I mean, every market is being transitioned and this and that, you know, Yeah. and for that matter, you know, we live in Mount Juliet and two years ago, my car was stolen out of my driveway. Wow, yeah. I left it unlocked and the key's in it. Yeah, that'll do it every time. Uh, it is. <laughs> Funny thing is, once it's stolen, I was like, oh, you know, this might work out well because <laughs> I was going to be upside down. I wanted to get a forerunner and I had gap coverage and uh, yeah. they ended up finding it like literally, I would say probably a day or two before they were going to call it and say yeah. insurance was like, all right, here's a check. And they're like, oh, we found your car. And I was like, oh, great. Great. <laughs> uh, I'll say this. One out of every 10 cars that gets stolen are because the keys yep. are left in them. And well, and that's what, you know, when I see it, I mean, people go, oh, there's there's theft. I'm like, is it really theft if you leave it unlocked? I mean, I knew what I did. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, actually, like, we'll, we'll get anywhere from 60 to 70 cars a week stolen. And, I, I, and I'm sorry, wrong. I gave you the wrong number on that. Um about 60 or 70 percent of them okay. have the keys left in them i, I wanted 
the one out of every 10 number, by the way, which is the more alarming number, uh-huh. is guns stolen out of cars. Oh, yeah. that's One out of every 10 cars that are broken into, wow. they get a free gun. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's that's an alarm. See that that's uh, yeah. We so won't get into the gun thing, but that that's we, when people well, talk we about just, loopholes. Yeah, we need to make sure that we're not leaving keys in the cars, mm-hmm. and we're not. Uh, this is the police officer going at me, but it's yes. my public message. But yeah, um, no keys in cars and and no guns in cars. Right. Just, just don't do it. Now, right. to be fair, I was used to parking in the garage. Yeah, and then it had the push button, so I leave my key in in the yeah. car in the garage. Right, and then when I was rehabbing the camper, I you know I, yeah I got out of the habit. So. Sure, it happens. Well, Henry, thanks for your time. Yeah, I'm and now you're gonna play a song or two? Uh yeah, yeah I could at least right. yeah, I'll play one for all right, sure. Cool. Play, play. Sounds good. Awesome. Oh, um, all right. Actually Bryce had uh, a question oh, fantastic. for you. So come all over right. here and ask. Yeah, come on. Oh, sorry, I forgot. Um, so I have like a few questions. Okay. Perfect. So the first question is so you said that you grew up playing hockey? Yeah. So I like hockey as well. Sweet. What's your favorite hockey team? Uh, Nashville Predators, hundred percent. Um, you also said you had a cousin that played. Yeah, so I had a cousin named Kenny Belanger. He retired uh, about ten years ago, I think. But a uh, really good player. He was uh, he was a tough guy though. He was what they call an enforcer. He was the one that got out there and straightened things out if things got sideways. So. And then uh, you said you did bounty hunting. Yeah, I just thought that was kind of interesting because I watched this one guy, Patty Mayo. Oh, YouTube, okay. And he does bounty hunting. So, like, was there any specific scenarios that were, like, interesting ones? Yeah, I think um, a lot of them, like you said, the trailer things were always very interesting because of the people, you know. But um, just people, I've had people, like, I'd be right in front of them. And all I'd have back then instead of a computer is a little picture of them. And I remember one guy out in Hickman County somewhere, I think it was, and he's like, no, that's not me. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it's you. And he's like, no, that's not me. And I'm like, well, let me see your ID. He's like, I, I don't have my ID. And I'm like. Because I'm telling you, it's not me. And if I arrest him and I'm wrong, then I get charged with uh, kidnapping, basically. Mm. So I'm like, so he's got me guessing now, right? And I'm like, gosh, I, I, I'm sure it's like I'm sure I was so sure I finally like put the handcuffs on. I'm like, you're coming with me. We'll let them sort this out at booking. All right. And so I took him in, and about halfway to jail, he turned. He goes, uh, yeah, between me, you, and the fence post. Uh, those were his exact words. He goes, uh, you got the right guy. I was like, yeah, I thought I did. See? So he tried to trick me, but he didn't. So. And have you ever tased anybody? No, I've been tased, though. When you're in the academy, they, oh. they tase you so you can feel what it's like. They also pepper spray you, too. Tasing is horrible, by the way. That's the worst five seconds of your life. It's only five seconds, but I thought something was broken. I felt like the. I'm like, why is this still happening? But apparently five seconds later, it's over. But it, it felt like a long time. Questions. Great questions. Uh, Thanks, bud. On that note of people not acknowledging it, there's been times where I've been sitting in court. And I think what happens is they go to try to defend themselves and they don't realize that they're recorded. Right. And even though the recording shows what they did wrong, in their mind they were ready to defend themselves. So it's like they can't back down when you're like, you almost just want to start laughing. You're like, how do you not see that? Right. Like, I mean, what are you? You know, yeah. anyways. It's uh, crazy. Yeah. Now sit back and enjoy Sergeant Henry Particelli perform his song, Your Name, live in the Rambler. So I'm, I'm Henry, Henry Particelli. I'm uh, actually a sergeant with the Metro Nashville Police Department on the side. And, and I say on the side because I love singing and songwriting, but this is Your Name. Your 
I cried for you today, but I don't know you. I wished you were here so we could show you. There's not a soul on earth that thinks this is fair. Ain't about to shake this off like I don't care. I'm rattled to the core, full of emotion. I watch you on the news in slow motion. Those moving images protect you from their lies. Cause you're leaving us was so unjustified. I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm a whole lot confused. You take two steps forward, then come all unglued. I can see red, my knuckles are white. I'm just trying to get a grip on what happened that night. Sure, you never wanted this kind of fame. I'm so sorry that's how we know your name Everybody deals with things a little different Some folks talk and then there's those that never listen Wish we all loved one another just the same But we're too caught up in our online debates between politics, race, and religion Seems we're all in one big no-win competition We need to try and see things through each other's eyes Until hate becomes the only thing that dies I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm a whole lot confused We take two steps forward and come all unglued I can see red my knuckles are white Just trying to get a grip On what happened that night Sure you never wanted This kind of fame I'm so sorry That's how we know your name I'm angry, I'm sad I'm downright ashamed Believe me when I say That we're not all that way We can't just quit We got so much to prove Cause united we stand, but divided we lose Sure you never wanted this kind of fame I'm so sorry that's how we know your name Sure you never wanted this kind of fame But I promise that we'll honor your name I'm Henry Particelli, and this is uh, World's Strongest Man. I wrote with a buddy of mine, Daryl Burgess, years ago. I could feel the blood rushing to my head. We were twisting arms till my face turned red. Wanted to yell and I wanted to curse. Hearing him laugh only made it worse Felt the table hit the back of my hand There was no match back then For the world's strongest man At 17 I took a wild ride 
Wrapped his Cadillac around an old white pine Thought he'd kill me when he got to that scene Just looked at the wreck, then he looked at me With all his strength, he held his anger back That night I knew my dad was the world's strongest man Raised a family short on cash I don't know how he ever got around that Should have crumbled, should have crashed With the weight of the world hanging on his back He did everything he had Now I owe everything I The world's strongest man The world's strongest man He had a heart attack back in 92 He still wants to twist arms like we used to do Put my childhood dream of pinning his hand down They don't seem so important now So let him win So I can hear him laugh I wanna remember mass The undefeated champ The world's strongest man World's strongest man. He's the world's strongest man. The world's strongest man. I hope you gained some great insight and perspective like I did listening to Sergeant Henry Particelli. Don't ever give up on your dreams. Don't let age or critics get in the way of what you feel God wants you to do. Make sure to tune in next week to him our conversation with Bailey Spalling. She is the founder and owner of Jackalope Brewery here in Nashville. It is not often that you hear of an Harvard grad with a Vanderbilt law degree pursue a career in the brewery business. As you can imagine, there are some great stories in our conversation. Make sure to tune in next week for that interview. If you have any residential real estate questions, please reach out to me. This market is pretty crazy and having an experienced agent on your side is very important. I have helped several buyers and sellers in the Nashville and surrounding areas sell their home or find a home or find an investment property. If you are outside of this area and in the need of a real estate agent, I also have some great resources and connections within our brokerage and I can put you in contact with a local agent that will be able to take care of all of your real estate needs. Thanks for tuning in to Nashville Untold. If you have a second, if you would leave a review, I'd greatly appreciate that. And also, if you would like to share it on your social media or with your friends, that would be greatly appreciated as well. And until next week, have a great one.